Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Kratom Guys Show. I'm your host, Mike Overstreet, the Boston Kratom Guy. Welcome back, episode number 23. We got really great news coming out of Thailand. The Kratom Plant Act becomes law. If you don't know, they completely legalized descheduled Kratom in June of this year, and the new Plant Act just became law in the end of August. The law allows possession, consumption, and use of kratom leaves. However, it places restrictions on the sale, marketing, and advertising of the leaves, and on blending them with other psychotropic substances. Official permission is required to import and export. New legislation requires that relevant state agencies encourage people to grow and process kratom for the use in their communities and develop as an economic crop. The government's policy is to turn kratom into an economic crop and push for its medical use to create incomes for farmers. This this will create thousands upon thousands of jobs just in Thailand. And we'll roll over to the other countries that are getting the Thailand Kratom imported. This is, I mean, Kratom was completely illegal there. So this, this is really, really big news. So I'm going to get into all the details of what that exactly means, the different penalties for import, export, advertising, how it was or still is probably being used to make it into this drug four times 100s mixed with like Coca-Cola and cough syrup, very weird stuff. And nobody should be taking this under any circumstances. We're also going to be going over this article from NBC Boston, crowds, tents, and drugs return to Boston's Mass and Cass area. We will be returning there very soon, definitely in September. We got more Kratom to give to the people in need. We're going to be going back there, come the wellness packs, some cases of water. So if you're in the area and you'd like to come with us, if you have a story to share, if Kratom has helped you and you think you can help somebody else by sharing your story, come with us. It's only going to be an afternoon. I do have an update uh, from Ascension Parish. I have been in contact with Detective Toulier, and so far our schedules haven't lined up. Um, but I am still very much want to talk to him. I know he has listened to the show and, you know, it really says a lot that he's listened, listened to my show and he still wants to come talk to me. So I guaranteed him that I'm not looking for a hit piece or any, uh, gotcha moments. You know, I just, cause he, he's changed his view a lot on this. Um, but you know, there are some really major concerns. They, him and the sheriff, he says him and the sheriff never wanted to actually criminalize the use or possession. It was only the sale because all these weird stuff is getting reported. So it'd be very interesting to talk to him. One of my major concerns is that, you know, it's like COVID restrictions or post 9-11. Once you give up the certain amount of, of rights, then it's very hard to then obtain them again. So that's, that's what I'm worried about. You know, um, he had a very nice talk. I spoke with Misty. He had a very nice talk with Misty. And basically, he could be one of the major players in instituting the KCPA in Louisiana. So, I mean, this is, this is pretty amazing. And it's hard for groups, in my opinion, groups like recovery centers to turn us all against each other and to make it black and white. You're either for this are against this when we can just reach out and talk to each other. So I'd like to keep the lines of communication open, but in all transparency, we did try to do a couple of times, but he didn't confirm. So honestly, I have enough on my plate right now and I want to make sure that it's the most productive for him, myself, and importantly, you guys, the listener. 
you know, it does take some time. It's it's at least a couple hours to prepare. I need to go over all these testimonies, compare them to each other, see what's changed, see what remains the same, get some good questions. Um, so we can have a very productive chat that is still in the cards. It just hasn't happened yet. So we're going to be getting to all that and more coming up on this episode of the Creative Guys Show. But first, let me tell you guys about this week's sponsor. Christopher's Organic Botanicals. You guys know that I only recommend brands that we truly believe in, and Christopher's is no exception. Christopher's is the type of company that deserves your support and that other companies, especially creative companies, should emulate. They do everything by the book to bring you the best quality tested kratom. They are a small company run by Christini, his daughter, and their family friend. That's it, guys. Three employees. They are not a big company, very small, and doing everything by the book aka GMP qualified by just passing their fourth certification audit. They adhere to fair trade practices, which means paying the Indonesian farmer a fair and proper price. Chris started the company in 2016 after Kratom worked so well for him, he decided to quit his job and pursue COB full time. And ever since the start, they've always been using the same single source for their Kratom, focusing on what matters most top quality powder and customer service. They accept credit card along with e-check, physical check, or money order, along with crypto payments. Go to christophersorganicbotanicals.com and use the coupon code KratomGuyShow to save 10%. The link is in the description. And this would be a good time for a small disclaimer that neither myself nor any of my guests are medical professionals. Nothing we say should be considered medical advice. And you should always seek the advice of a physician or medical professional before taking anything. Any copyrighted material is used under fair use for education or criticism. Enjoy the show. And guys, seriously, Christopher's Organic Botanicals. I mean, how amazing is this? He jumped so quick on it when I was like, hey, how about we do a portion of the sponsorship and free samples and I'll go give it to people in need and I can create more content. And then when I came back to him and said, hey, listen, it's going to be a little hard to actually record people there. I don't want to record people without their without their consent. People are at their lowest there. It's going to be very hard to record. He said, no problem. I'm just happy to give it up. What else could you want? Lab testing, GMP compliant, AKA certified, local small business, supports the Kratom Guy Show. You get a discount. Use the coupon code Kratom Guy Show. Affiliate link is in the description. Seriously, guys, go there now. So we're going to get into Thailand coming up here. But um, I said a couple things in mind, okay? It's mainly, if you're not following me on TikTok, I can't, I can't be Kratom Guy Show on TikTok. So if you're not following me, really might go on TikTok, getting a lot of traction. In the past 60 days, we've had over 90,000 views. So due to the algorithm... I end up seeing a lot of recovery stuff. And, you know, these are the people. These essentially my people, but they're not. And what I'm reminded of is one of the reasons why I got out, why I was never able to fully commit to AANA, 12-step, why it just never clicked with me. It works for a lot of people. If it works for you, that's great. You know, I know a lot of people that say they wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the fellowship, if it wasn't for AA, it wasn't for NA. So if it works for you, keep working it. If Matt works for you, keep working it. Matt worked for me. Suboxone worked for me for a while, and then it really started to take away. 
and I found a lot more luck and a lot more opportunity has opened up, a lot more progress. I feel a lot more progression in my life since stopping Suboxone and just going to Kratom and Cannabis. It helped me to help me with the withdrawals to get off the subs, and it also helped me with daily debilitating pain. And I know lots of other people who have the very same experience. They've been able to ditch loads of medications, fix their health, no longer in a wheelchair, no longer bedridden, no longer using a walker, getting on with their lives, moving on. So, you know, what this really shows me is some people are making this recovery, a recovering addict, their identity. And all I can say is you're so much more. Why are you focusing on, on this little tiny thing that you don't need to? If you'd like to focus on it, then be helping other people. Like so many people with the, the clean dates. Oh, my clean date, my clean date. And what I think about a lot is I just wish I found it earlier. I know people that are no longer here that have died from actual opiate overdoses, mainly unknown drugs in their bags are complete health failure from drugs and alcohol. I just think about what if they knew it earlier? I just wish I knew it earlier. I'm so glad I found it and I could share this message with you. And this is why we do it. But these people that are making recovering addict their identity, it's like I want to reach through and shake them and say you're trapping yourself. You don't have to do this. You're not powerless. You are powerful. And just shake them and say, wake up. Quicker you figure this out, the better. And what I mean by this, whatever you want to call it, your creator, the universe, all seeing and knowing stuff, whatever it may be. But there is something that governs this universe and you will become what you be. Now this may sound like poo-foo or whatever to some people, but in short, focus on what you want and not what you don't want. And I learned this years ago when I started obtaining uh, entrepreneur, business, real estate meetups, and I saw people that were just like me. People who openly said, I used to be an addict. I used to be in jail. I used to be in prison, in and out of the court system, homeless. I met a guy named Kenneth Gills who was homeless, living in cars and laundromats. And when I met him, he was flipping millions of dollars in real estate deals. And I learned that the real estate business was just a different form of hustling. It was legal hustling. These people, Kenneth and these other entrepreneurs in the Baltimore area, they were doing it big while helping other people. The majority of his final customers were people, first-time homebuyers, that were able to get an amazing deal, a quality property, and then Kenneth was able to create generational wealth while helping people and making a profit. So I started to put my focus into that. I stopped going to the meetings. I stopped 12-step. I did get on Suboxone, so I, I believe that helped a lot, and then it started to take away. But I started to put the focus on what I do want. And if it's success, getting your own place, getting your own vehicle, owning your own house, starting a business, drug use, alcoholism, doesn't come anywhere into the equation. So you don't need to stay there forever. So think about what you do want and everything will change. So that's just my thought for today. I wish I knew it earlier. And it's something I just want to share with you and I want to share with the world is that the power lies within. That I no longer subscribe to your powerless or you're an addict in recovery. These are all just made up terms. And of course, there's some science to it. The reason why they call it a disease is because the way the frontal lobe changes and that basically addicts enjoy things more. The uh, dopamine receptors are about double. So everything, everything gets magnetized. 
So there is some science behind it, but you don't have to put this label on yourself and you don't have to stay there forever. And the truth is the power lies within. You're not powerless, you're powerful. And this is so much to cover in just this small opening, but put the focus where you want to be. Figure out what would that person be? Who do you want to be? What, what does that person do daily? And start taking on those behaviors. Start creating new neuron pathways. What I mean by that is you keep doing the same thing over and over. It's going to be engraved in your brain. So you have to do new habits. So instead of thinking about using or not using, don't even think about that. When that happens, you do something else. You listen to music that you enjoy. You go for a walk. Do some exercise. And start making it a routine. And before you know it, all this previous life will go away. And the only time you'll be thinking about it is to help other people. So I think about this a lot with methadone mile, mass and cast. I could have been down there easily. My life was so out of control that it could have been me. And now that I have my son, we're going to do everything we can to make sure the next generation doesn't fall to this. But what people have to understand is that this is the result of the war on drugs, period. These are casualties of war. People think I'm radical when I say you should decriminalize all drugs and guarantee safe access. That's too far gone to think don't hit, don't steal, treat others the way you want to be treated is, is too radical. Don't use violence against peaceful people who haven't harmed anybody. Yeah, what I'm talking about is drug laws. That you have somebody who is possessing or consuming or even selling a substance that you don't agree with. They're a drug user drug seller so they deserve to either be dead in an institution or in jail safe access will stop the majority of deadly overdoses people aren't dying majority of the time people aren't dying from what they think they're getting what they think they bought they're dying from the spiked unknown drugs in their bag this is why we saw it play out in alcohol prohibition you have government openly declared a war on drugs which is nothing more than a war on peaceful people who harmed Nobody. They created this mess. And then we want to call on the people who have declared open war against us to fix it? Something's got to change. And I think the decriminalization of all drugs would be the first step. And then alternative treatments like kratom and cannabis, more healthy lifestyle, should be freely available. Endless meetings that rely on repetitively having the person say that they are an addict in recovery powerless. There has to be another way. I know it works for a lot of people, but it has to be another way. So that's my big message for today. We're going to get into Thailand, but you, the power lies within you. You have the power to change it. It starts with incremental daily behaviors. Next up is Plant Act Becomes a Law in Thailand. And we got some really great news, a pretty historical event coming out of Thailand the Kratom bill becomes law. So I got a few different stories I um, want to get into here. We got one from National Thailand and a few from Bangkok Post. So this one is from Nation Thailand. Kratom law sets hefty fines for abuse of decriminalized plant. Now what we have to keep in mind is they didn't just decriminalize. They completely removed it from their schedule and now created new laws. And I'm really hoping that if they're going this far, well, it says, I'm going to get into it, that you need to be licensed through a certain department in order to import, export. So what I'm hoping is that they are going to shore up the supply chain and basically 
either make it or have it to be a nice option where it'd be clearly known if this stuff has been tested by an accredited lab before leaving Thailand, before getting exported. This could turn huge for both Thailand and the U.S., because right now the majority comes from Indonesia. A new law to regulate decriminalized kratom comes into force today, August 27th, following its publication in the Royal Gazette on Friday. Now, these a lot of these stories cover the same thing, so I'm not going to go over all of them in fine detail, but there is a but there is many very important components to these articles and the new and the new law. And if this goes well, we could be seeing something very similar to it in Indonesia, would be my guess. Now, it starts off, this is already important. The law covers not only kratom leaves, but also beverages obtained from boiling the leaves and extracts of the plant, said government spokeswoman Rashada Dana Direk. I hope I'm pronouncing that okay. Kratom mitragyna speciosa is a tropical evergreen native tree of Southeast Asia. Its leaves have opioid properties and are used as mild stimulant and painkiller. Very vague and doesn't talk about the difference between a bias and non-bias and partial and partial agonist, but let's get into it. The Kratom Plant Act of 2022 decriminalizes kratom leaves and removes them from the list of narcotics. Which I guess this is just the finalization of it because they had already done that, I believe, uh, months ago and released a bunch of people from jail and dropped a bunch of charges that people were facing. The law allows for possession, consumption, and use of kratom leaves. However, it places restrictions on sale, marketing, and advertising of the leaves and on blending them with other psychotropic substances. Official permission is required to import or export the leaves. So a lot just in that paragraph. Which, I mean, it is basically saying we don't know these interactions they'll have with other substances, so don't mix it with anything. Don't try to make your own drug, essentially. Which I'm going to get into that. That's 4 times 100 when they're mixing it with uh, Coca-Cola cough syrup, some other mystery ingredient, which heard it's uh, they have insect repellent, the the inside of a, of a light bulb, some weird stuff, and uh, cough syrup. And they boil it all up, and it's like, of course it's going to get you fucked up. Jeez, you don't want that stuff. So, and then as far as I know, I don't think they've actually issued any export licenses just quite yet, so uh, I'm definitely going to keep my eye on it. Rashada said the new legislation requires that relevant state agencies encourage people to grow and process kratom for the use in their communities and development as an economic crop. That's great. That's great. Maybe they're going to do some incentives to switch over crops to this more lucrative crop. And this is very important. The government's policy is to turn kratom into an economic crop and push for its medical use to create incomes for farmers, she said. And I know they're already starting to look at uh, its medicinal component. They were doing studies at a uh, Thai university. I believe it's a pharmacology university. And the last I heard, they were testing on mice. And their next step was to start testing on humans. Because even like the research going on in the U.S. is showing great potential for um, helping with withdrawals and addiction. She added that the law aims to prevent overuse and consumption of kratom by vulnerable people. So this is where it gets into like a little iffy. That's like if you do this, we're gonna we're gonna rob you. We're gonna extort you. That's where it gets a little. But what else are laws besides shit written down by politicians, backed by the threat of force? Anyone caught selling leaves or products to children under eighteen, pregnant women, or breastfeeding mothers faces a fine of up to thirty thousand baht. Which I looked it up. Thirty thousand baht is eight seventeen sixty six. So we'll call it eight twenty. 
And it's got to be like the U.S., I don't know for sure, but, you know, if you have more than one violation, probably increases sale of Kratom is forbidden at educational institutions, dormitories, public parks, zoo, and amusement parks, as well as vending machines. That's good, because most vending machines are there, because nobody's monitoring it, and, you know, it sells on its own, so it's good to somebody actually checking the person's age for one. That is a 50000 bot fine which would be about $1,363. Import-export of leaves without permission is penalized with a maximum one year in jail and up to $100,000 bot, which is $2,725. The law also bans the advertising, my guess is the advertising, and the marketing of rain leaves or leaves mixed with other psychotropic substances for recreational purposes. So that does leave it open to be mixed together to create medicines. But in another article, they say that um, things can be amended as more research is done and the science is updated. And for that one, for mixing, it's a $200,000 bot, which is $5,451. This is Bangkok Post, Create and Build Becomes Law, Miners Warned. I mean, this whole thing is just incredible you know this was something that was this highly illegal even though it's native to there even though they had areas that they would keep the forest alive there's all special i believe on vice to now the government instead of fighting it actually partaking and securing the safe supply of kratom and using it as an economic crop using it as something to study with the intent purpose of medicinal use. So it's pretty incredible. Oh yeah, so this is what I was talking about, recreational use of Kratom. So basically the whole article is a lot what we just covered in the other articles, so I'm not going to repeat it. But this right here, recreational use of Kratom has been a problem in Thailand. A cocktail of Kratom leaves mixed and cooked with cough syrup cola, known as 4 times 100 is a popular among young people, especially in the D-South. Dirty South. Okay, so with the licensing, it is through the Narcotics Board. The law also prohibits the import and export of leave, of creating leaves without the approval of the Narcotics Control Board. So, I mean, they say it's a, a four times 100 is a problem, but it's mixed with cough syrup. So that's DMT, whatever the hell else is in there, mixed with Kratom, mixed with cola, caffeine. So at least they said that like what it is, it's not just Kratom is a problem. If it was such a big problem, I can almost guarantee you Thailand wouldn't have legalized it. So this article is saying how Deputy Government spokes, Spokeswoman Rashada Donna Derek stressed on Saturday that violators need to be aware of the penalties as the law was intended largely to promote use of formally restricted plant for medical and economic purposes. Kratom was decriminalized on June 9th along with cannabis and hemp, but cannabis use has since proliferated in all forms, including recreational, as there is no law governing its use. That's anarchy, right? That's free market. This is the same thing that happened in Massachusetts when they decriminalized it and then they made it legal for medical use, but didn't have the process of the dispensaries where people would get it. So it's kind of like this gray area that I'm sure they're going to update soon. Authorities have been responding with ad hoc regulations in an effort to stamp out cannabis use they deem inappropriate. <clears throat> Public Health Minister Anutin Sharnverkul continues to stress the main point of legalization is to promote medical and economic use of the plant. Foreign tourists who want to come to Thailand just to smoke pot should think again, he said. 
Mr. Newton has said he expects the bill and cannabis to return to the House for its second and final reading before this month is over. And this is an article from August 27th, so I wonder where they are with that. And this is from the, the following next day, August 28th, Create and Plant Act takes effect. I haven't actually seen the exact link. It would, it would be interesting to see everything that's in it. But the reason why I wanted to go over this article, which it's a lot of the same stuff, they actually talk about specific sections in here. And we're going to get into all five. The core contents of the law are, are outlined in these five sections. And I think they're, they're very important. And maybe the KCPA could be more like this because I do believe the KCPA is good at areas where they, if you don't know, Creative Consumer Protection Act, it's um, a bill promoted by the AKA and... Uh, a lot of advocates. It basically says that it won't be sold to kids under 18 or 21. The alkaloids won't exceed what's found in nature. So I believe that's, uh, you know, the people are concerned about the 7-hydroxy. So I believe that doesn't go over 0.2 or 0.3. And those ratios between uh, mitrogene and 7-hydroxy would, would be the same. And that basically it's not going to be mixed with anything. It's not going to be adulterated. And whatever's on the label is going to be what's in the packaging. So Stuff we already have now, but it clearly lays it out for a kratom. But this could be a real next step. Okay, so let's go over these five sections. And then I want to talk about the four times 100. In section three, the use of kratom leaves as an herbal ingredient is governed by respective laws on medicinal, food, and cosmetic products. Related laws will also apply to import, export, sales, and advertisements of such products. And one of those things that they get into later on in the article is about food-related products, because I believe they said uh, it was either Indonesia or Thailand where they said that they were going to be going with the FDA on this one about that um, not to be mixed with food. And I think the reason why is because they don't want to get in trouble with the FDA for shipping Kratom products as a food or dietary supplement into the U.S. But I think they are headed that way. I mean, they said the research is for medical Section 10 stipulates that imports and exports of kratom leaves require a license to be granted by the Secretary General of the Office of the Narcotics Control Board. Okay, and here's the part about food, section 24. Meanwhile, bans the sale of kratom leaves or food containing the leaves in any shape or form to people under the age of 18, lactating women pregnant women and people specified by the Justice Minister or Public Health Minister. Which is interesting. I thought that was they're not going to be selling it as food right now. But this says bans the sale of kratom leaves or food containing the leaves in any shape or form to people under the age of 18. It doesn't say ban it. So it should get very interesting. And that's a 30,000 baht fine, which we said is like almost 820 bucks. Okay, we talked about this one. Section 25 prohibits the sale uh, and leaves at educational outlets, dormitories, public parks, and theme parks and zoos. Section 26 states it's illegal to advertise or persuade people to consume kratom leaves by mixing them with additive substances. So I wonder if this this next part is going to give incentive from the local municipalities in form of some type of tax relief or something like that for them to grow it. Mr. Sheeta said state agencies under the law can support people to grow kratom and process the leaves in keeping with their way of life and tradition. Kratom is also to be developed as a plant of economic value to be expanded for its use in the field of medicine. Okay, 
personal experience is we, I already know, and I've heard from many other people that this works. Doesn't work for everybody, consult your doctor, all that. But for me and many people I know, Kratom works. I have to say don't take Kratom, but it works for many people I know and myself. And what did it work for? It worked to help me get off of Suboxone. People have reported that it helps them get off of heroin and fentanyl. And I know plenty of people that used it to get off of something and then they jumped off. They did a short and controlled taper and they've been done with it, just moved on with their lives. Because you don't need to be stuck in recovery forever. The agriculture minister, the agriculture minister is also educating farmers on how to grow quality kratom and propagate it. Farming kratom as a garden herb will increase employment. Yeah, it will add many jobs. Meanwhile, Justice Minister Samsek Thump Sutton said the government spent a long time trying to delist kratom as a narcotic before it finally succeeded in pushing for the legalization. He said the legal recognition of the plant has sent retail prices of the plant plummeting from 400 to 600 baht per kilogram at their peak to 200 baht. So let's put that in perspective. So it went from 400 to 600, which is 11 to 16 dollars, to 200, which is 5 dollars and 45 cents US. So yeah, it went down a lot, half to more than half. I'm guessing though, it's just in their local market now. Everybody's got it. Every I saw they have a website out there. I covered it a couple articles ago, where they are putting up plants for sale. So once the export starts to the U.S., I think prices are going to go back up. The minister admitted more support from the government was needed to research and upgrade the quality of kratom leaves, which could be made into consumer products that are in high demand in China and U.S. Mr. Tomsack said laws will be amended to allow for the production of kratom leaves and herbal ingredients in food, medicine, and cosmetics. He said he opposes importing the plant to protect the local market. So this is what we really want. Herbal ingredients in food, medicine, cosmetics. I believe that's where we're going to see some really great herbal remedies come from is the mixing of kratom with other healing herbs. And then the medicine, I'm sure they're going to start extracting the alkaloids to be turned into pill, either synthesized or in its natural form, just an extraction, to be turned into medicine. The issue with that is like we're seeing with CBD medicine, and like we saw years ago when Marinol came out, which is a synthetic cannabinoid, I believe it's to mimic THC, and it just wasn't as effective. With Kratom, you have over 40 different alkaloids and different flavonoids. With cannabis, you have mainly different terpenes and cannabinoids, and it's the, it's the entourage effect. It's, it's putting it together is the, the real healing power. When you get all of those mixed together, just the way nature intended, they, they work together for, for healing purposes. So this is an older article, uh, The Curse and Cure of Kratom. Concern is growing over rising use of four times 100 drug cocktail among young Muslims. They did say one of the guys was like, well, it's not alcohol. Dude, don't take that much DXM. Whatever you do, don't take this shit. I don't drink Coke alone. So I'm not going to get into this whole article, but this one said the straightforward ingredients for cooking sessions are 30 fresh kratom leaves, boiling water, cough syrup, and two of the small 240 milliliter cans of Coke. So yeah, some say ice is the other ingredient. Some say meth is the other ingredient. It seems like whatever they want to mix it with. I saw, I did see another report, which I'm not going to include it, but there was the inside shavings of a light bulb, like the white stuff on the inside. Other ones were like, burnt mosquitoes from the from the insect catcher uh, the mosquito ash another one is like actual insect repellent 
So, I mean, you mix anything with other substances that are seriously harmful and deadly, and all of a sudden, a ingredient like kratom, which has been used for centuries safely uh, with zero deaths or serious adverse effects in the origin countries, all of a sudden, you get something like this, which is just terrible. Of course, it's going to be harmful. So, but what I wanted to get into, because this is something that, and I'm, I'll talk about him later, I've been in contact with Detective Todd Toulier. Um, so far, our schedules haven't lined up, and um, I'll get into that right after this, because this is something that Detective Toulier brought up, and um, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but that basically, you know, it was made illegal in Thailand, and that had something to do with the uh, opium trade. But this article gets into it, which I think is very important, and puts it more into perspective. But Kratom has a long history of household use. Chewing the fresh leaves is a remedy for stomach aches, while others grill Kratom leaves and eat them with chili paste for a pick-me-up snack. The herb is also used to ease opioid withdrawal. This is something that's very known for generations, that it eases opioid withdrawal. And then even like the uh, research that Dr. McCurdy is doing, NIH, a uh, new multi-million dollar NIDA study is being conducted at University of Florida Pharmacology. They are showing that the with it helps in mice, it helps to ease withdrawal from morphine, and then they're not seeing as drastic, uh, I believe, twitching and rapid eye movements when a mouse is detoxing just from kratom. That's a lot more mild, but don't quote me on that. The Kratom Act of 1943 made the treat illegal. However, the ban was not just aimed at the drug's psychoactive qualities. A Senate report in November 2003 said that Kratom was first banned because of the government of the day wanted to boost tax revenue, a portion of which came from opium leaves. Back then, the government had monopolized the opium trade and was earning revenue from levies charged on it. But since the opium prices were high, some users shifted to taking kratom leaves to help ease withdrawal. Botanists say pure kratom can help treat mild illness such as diarrhea, but many agree it should be a controlled substance. Well, the country ended up not agreeing. Kratom is not classified as a narcotic drug by the United Nations Office on Drug and Crime, but it is considered a plant-based new psychotropic substance, in quotes. The U.S. calls kratom a drug of concern, yeah, the DA and FDA. In Thailand, kratom is classified as a Category 5 substance under the Narcotics Law of 79. So that all, that all just changed. And very interesting that basically people were using it to get off of the state's opium. It seems like in ha having success, so the government of the day made it illegal. So people had to stay on government opium. How crazy is that? And this article was from 2015. So wow took another seven years to get it legalized. I think this is really great news, and I think this is going to bring a lot of uh, potential possibilities. So before we go, I did want to bring up this. Um, it just so happened there was another article in NBC Boston about Mass and Cass. Crowds, tents, and drugs returned to Boston's Mass and Cass area. So there actually is a video for this, so I'm just going to go ahead and play it. And then when we get back, we'll discuss a little bit more about it.
An update tonight on the crisis at Mass and Cass. About eight months after the troubled area was cleaned out, the problems have returned. Now, this is video you see from today. You can see garbage on the roads, and the tents are back. It's like nothing ever changed. NBC 10's Eli Rosenberg joining us live there tonight. Eli, what happened there? Priscilla, this will give you a sense of how bad it's gotten out here. Talk to the 14-year-old. He has football practice not too far from here. He says those practices usually start with picking up used needles. This is a live look at Mass and Cass. The city says between 150 to 250 people have been coming by here every day, and the work to clean this up continues this evening. At the long-troubled corner of Mass and Cass, the crowds and the tents have returned. This is what's left for us to deal with. And so is the fallout and the drugs and the trash that have spilled into nearby neighborhoods. Is there anger? Tons. Tons of anger. It was just this past January that city crews swept through this area. And in late May, city officials announced a warm weather plan to combat crowds here. But those who live and work around here say crowds have swelled this summer. August, they say, have brought the largest crowds yet. Boston Mayor Michelle Wu telling me recently she isn't happy with the situation down here. We're in a different place than last year when at this moment there are already hundreds of fortified encampments. And so there are 19 different cleanings happening every single week and resources being provided, streamlining of services, but we still have a lot more work to do. At nearby Clifford Park. Loaded needles, I found bags of different types of drugs. You name it, we find it. At this point, they're just like taking over uh, the park and like we have nowhere else to go. The city says it continues to be proactive to try and address the situation down here. And we did see two community outreach officers on patrol on Thursday and a number of Boston police officers out as well. We have young minds who are trying to escape different things and they come here. Community activist Domingos De Rosa says more must be done. It's unbearable. You can't do anything, can't walk around the park because it's just saturated throughout the community. So definitely a lot of issues out here remain. Aaron Murphy, the Boston City Councilor, is hosting a cleanup at Clifford Park on Saturday. But those who frequent that park worry it's only a matter of time until the problems return. Live in Boston, Eli Rosen. So yeah, this is this is why we go down there. You know, um, we will be headed down there again. We have more samples to give out. Big shout out to Christopher's Organic Botanicals. Guys, if you want to support the show, you want to support really cool stuff like this, giving back to the community, please go to Christopher's Organic Botanicals. The link is in the show notes. And use the coupon Show to save 10% and also to support efforts like this, the show of giving back to our local community and raising awareness for safe Kratom consumption. And Domingus uh, De Rosa is, uh, I'm in a couple groups with him, and he's uh, an activist from the areas running for city council. I've spoken to him briefly, and I'm really trying to get him to come on a future show so uh, we can talk more about this area and what he feels are solutions, because that's what we're, we're about here, we're about solutions and what can we do to fix it. And I know going down there, giving out Kratom, giving out wellness packs uh, is not a solution, but what it is is I believe I can help somebody in the moment and then kind of put the bug in their ear, you know, let them them find out about Kratom and then maybe they'll be ready for it and they'll know about it as an option because you know I just wish I knew earlier and that's what this whole course is that I'm putting together is like <laughs> and what I'm hoping to pass on to other people 
is if I had just known this earlier, I find myself constantly thinking about, I don't think a day goes by, where I don't think about the people I used to know who are no longer here, who, are, who have died from lethal overdoses. And, and I just think about what if they knew earlier? What if I knew earlier? If I knew this information 20 years ago, I mean, I was thinking about it, 2010 is when I started Suboxone. It was 2010 or 2011, I'm not too into counting clean days, but that's for another topic. So that's why I do this. I believe that that could have been easily been me down there if I never got my life together. And now Suboxone helped a lot at the beginning, and then it really started to take away, and Kratom Cannabis have been so amazing in my life. But that's only a small portion of it. You know, it's about making the mindset shift from that um, constant constant circle of addiction, recovery, meetings, just being stuck in it all the time from what I don't want to what I do want, family, success, my own business. You know, maybe for you, it's getting that new job, getting the car, getting the apartment, owning a house, starting a business. And there's a lot more to it. But that's what I think about. I think about like, you know, the people that are no longer here that if they just had known and if you're from Massachusetts or probably anywhere in the United States, you are for sure at least two people removed. You know somebody who knows somebody who has died from a lethal drug overdose. And it's not just addicts. It's also people who just got a thought they were getting one thing and they ended up getting something different, press fentanyl pill or something. So that's the reason why we do this. And I'll be headed back down there in September. Most definitely, if you would like to come down, hand out some, some wanders and wellness packs, we are popping a table next time, putting a big sign that says free Kratom, and we're going to talk to as many people as we can down there. So you want to come with us, hit me up, kratomguyshow at gmail.com. If you're interested in becoming a guest or a sponsor for the show, kratomguyshow at gmail.com, or reach out to me on any of the social media platforms. So that about does it for this week's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, again, a big shout out and thank you to Christopher's Organic Botanicals. Guys, seriously, go there right now. Don't delay. Go there right now. You got any questions, hit up Chris or his daughter. They are a small family-run company who's doing all the testing. You know exactly what you're getting. You know that there's no contaminants. They are so thorough, so doing the right thing. And you help to support the show. And you help to give out free Kratom on the street. And you get to help people in need and support a local small business who's furthering safe Kratom consumption. So go there, use the coupon code Kratom Guys Show to save 10% and to support the show. And of course, thank you to you, the listener. If you made it this far, I fucking love you. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Kratom Guys Show. Until next time, folks, together we'll keep Kratom legal, safe, and available for all. Peace.